Welcome back. We're going to read chapter 10 today. Let's see if anything's going to happen with Smits or Luke or Oscar. What happened next was nothing. Mr. Talbot left and Luke went back to class. He took notes on plant life and musical compositions. Right before dinner, he went up to Smith's room to deliver Smith's homework assignments, but Oscar just took them at the door. Luke didn't even catch a glimpse of Smith's. The next day, Smith's was back in class, as arrogant as ever, with Oscar as menacing as ever, standing behind him with his sledgehammer. Just having the two of them there killed all conversation and forced everyone to cast fearful glances over his shoulder all the time. Luke even caught some of the boys sending resentful stares his way, as if it was his fault that Smits and Oscar were there. And, in some strange way, he knew it was. Though he now realized that even Mr. Talbot wasn't sure why the Grants had sent Smits to Hendricks. A week passed, two weeks, three. Luke kept expecting some dramatic event, maybe another explosion from Smits. But all he had was math, science, literature, history, music, games, and every now and then a summons from Smits after everyone else was asleep. Smits didn't talk about Lee's death anymore, either as it had really happened or as he pretended it happened in a dream. Instead, he'd talk about his memories of Lee late into the night while Oscar slept or pretended to sleep. Remember that time we played a trick on the butler, Smits would say, when he put on his shoes and those firecrackers went off? Remember how high he jumped? Or remember that nanny who smelled like bananas? And we couldn't figure out why, because she was certainly never allowed to eat any. And then the housekeeper caught her washing her hair with banana paste because she heard somewhere that would make it thicker. And that she was in love with the chauffeur we had. And then you and I walked in on them once, kissing in the garage. Or, remember how we kept stealing the maid's feather dusters? You told me they were real birds. And I was scared they'd come to life and fly around the house in the middle of the night. Smith's memories didn't always make sense because he'd jump from one story to another. And Luke could never tell how old he and Smits were supposed to have been during any of the tales. Had Smits and the real Lee flushed entire rolls of toilet paper down the toilet when they were two and three or when they were 11 and 12? Luke could hardly ask questions. After all, the stories Smits told were supposed to be Luke's memories too. He should need Smits to tell them. For example, how many cooks had gotten seared eyelashes when the flaming dessert exploded at the fancy dinner party their parents had had? Smits didn't seem to care if Luke understood his ramblings or not. But strangely, after just a few nights, Luke found he could join in the reminiscing. <gasps> Word watcher. As Smits began to repeat stories Luke had already heard. Oh yeah, the feather dusters, Luke exclaimed. I almost forgotten about that. Now why in the world were you so scared of them? You didn't really think they could come back to life, did you? Smiths fixed Luke with a curious look. Yes, he said, I did. I didn't know what death was. And he launched into another tale. 
At first, Luke only acted, pretending to listen, pretending to care, but slowly he was drawn into Smith's hypnotic unreeling of the lives he and the real Lee had once lived. It was all foreign, a foreign world to Luke. Luke had grown up on hard work and fear. Life for his family had been a constant struggle. Smith's and Lee had each had a miniature car they drove around the paths of their estate. Smith's had once had a birthday party where an actual circus had come and performed for his 35 guests. But Luke had a mother who tucked him into bed every night and a father who would play checkers with him on those dreary, dreary winter days when there was no farm work to be done. Smith's and Lee seemed to have only servants. One night at the beginning of Smith's fourth week of storytelling, Luke ventured to ask in the middle of a long involved tale about a missing teddy bear, I forget, where was mom then? Smith stopped and squinted in confusion at Luke. I forget too, he said, probably at a party entertaining, like always. And he went on telling in outraged terms about the nanny who refused to step out onto the roof to retrieve the teddy bear from the rain gutter where Smith had thrown it. It wasn't long after that that Smith said at the very end of a long session of reminiscing, again, word watcher, I'm sorry, I know you've been trying to help. At least you've stayed awake. He rolled his eyes toward the huge snoring form of Oscar. Luke stifled a yawn of his own and almost missed seeing the stern set of Smith's jaw. Smith's looked like a miniature grown-up once again. Whatever happens, you can tell people I told you. None of this is because of you. It won't be your fault. I even, I even kind of like you. He sounded surprised. And that is the end of chapter 10. Post your titles and head over to Flipgrid to see what everyone's thinking. Thanks for listening.